0: our final week in our our campaign called not a fan uh if you're visiting or you're here for the first time or you don't know what's going on yeah we've been on this campaign and we call it a campaign because what we do is we we talk about it here on sunday mornings we have small groups that go through it our youth uh they're going through the material and and pretty much what it is is we're it's a time it's it's eight weeks in which we've asked the Lord Jesus to challenge us, to challenge us to go from from just knowing about him, um, you know, being a fan of Jesus, to really becoming a follower. And, um, you know, we all know John three sixteen. you know, God so loved the world that he gave his only son, you know, that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And we all know that, and that is truth, and that is, and, it's, and that's true. And 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 God said those and Jesus said those words to declare what God has done for us. And then Jesus came, and what Jesus did was he began to share what it means to be saved, what it means to walk as a as a Christian, you know, as as a follower of his. And you know, what's interesting is that for a lot of us, we just, we just stay on John 3.16, and, 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 but being a Christian is so much more than just believing and trusting that, that God, out of his great love for us, through his son, saved us, you know? Because then the question is, okay, now that he's saved us, what do we do, right? And I shared a few weeks ago, like for me, it was like just having this insurance policy, you know, because I didn't want to go to hell, Right? You know and uh and you know I remember this is really bad, okay, but I, I remember a few times after I had accepted Jesus as my savior and I had my insurance policy, and you know you'd play basketball and and you know a lot of talking goes on on the court and and, and someone said, "Hey, you know you go to hell," and I said, "Not anymore, you know and I run down, and he looked at me, and you know they say silly things like that, but but we we stayed there, and we forget. What Jesus said to us, you know, that, that, that is called to us. And um, I wanted this morning, as I thought, man, should we review? Should we just talk about what we've been talking about? I just felt like I wanted, I felt God was saying to encourage you. To encourage you to keep taking steps as a follower, See, kind of what happens is this, right? We, we start this campaign and we're all excited and we get into material and we're like, whoa, this is really radical. That it is more than just knowing about Jesus, it's knowing who he is and following him, you know? And we get all like, whoa. And we get excited. And then as the weeks go on, we kind of get desensitized to the whole thing, you know? And, and pretty soon it's like, oh, okay, yeah, following Jesus. And we forget. What that means, and so I just wanted to encourage uh, all of you, all of us. Um, Paul wrote these words in Philippians chapter three. He says, "Forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on to the goal to win the prize for which Je- for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus." And my 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 encouragement is to just keep pressing on. You know, don't just say, "Okay." Theory's over, now we move on to something else. No, let's, let's move forward, but let's build on what God is saying. Let's never, ever forget what it really means to be his followers. Uh, and, and so I just wanted to share uh, um, a few things just to encourage you, all right? And so you got them in your, your bulletins, there's notes there, or you can follow along on the screen there. But the first thing is following Jesus is choosing his way and not yours in everything. That, that, that it's 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 choosing his way and that's why it was so important that we go through a series on who Jesus really is and that's what we did earlier this year thinking well, what was that all about how did you guys you know go to iTunes you know and, and, and go to our podcast and just go back to the messages on who is Jesus because that's so important because if we're going to choose his way, we got to know what his way is, right? Um, and uh, Jesus says this in Luke chapter 9, verse 23, he says to, his, to the crowd, if any of you want to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross daily and follow me. And you see, he's making it really, really clear. Like, like you want to you want to follow me, you want to be a Christian, here's what you do. The first thing is, you got to give up your own way. You know, that following Jesus is, is choosing to go his way and not ours. And that's hard. And the question is, how do we know what his way is, right? And that's why, you know, week in, week out, we talk about how important the Bible is. Because it's not what we think Jesus' way is. That's the easy way, right? Like, oh, yeah, I'm sure Jesus would want me to do that. I'm sure Jesus would want me to do this. How do we know? And the Bible makes it really clear. In fact, in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, from the message, it says, Every part of Scripture is God-breathed. And useful one way or another, showing us truth, exposing our rebellion, correcting our mistakes, training us to live God's way. You know, it's through the word we are put together and shaped up for the task God has for us. How do we know what God's way? Second Timothy is saying that's what the Bible is for to show us. God's way. And what does it mean to follow him and to be a Christian? First thing is we got to give up our own way. Second is, you know, we take up our cross daily and follow him. That's what he's saying. You got to take up your cross daily and follow him. And you know, for, for a lot of people, this taking up your cross thing, it's like, we we interpret that as some kind of burden that we've got to we've got you know we've got to live with. Oh, it's like you know I got to go back to that office and got to deal with those people. I guess that's my cross to bear, you know. Or it could be you know uh, something physical illness or whatever. You know it could be a, a tough relationship you in you're in. But but when Jesus was carrying his cross to be crucified and he was taking up that cross, nobody was thinking of the cross as symbolic for a burden to carry. See, the cross meant just one thing. When, when people saw that and when people heard that, the cross meant one thing. It was a painful and humiliating death. That's what the cross is. And, and, and Jesus says, take up your cross daily and follow me. And what that means is we need to be willing to die. We need to be willing to die in order to follow Jesus. It's a call to live for Jesus in all things and in all ways. Yeah, that's not easy, right? We don't get to choose our ways. We got to choose God's ways. What he's saying is we got to take up our cross. We got to be willing to die. And he says daily, every day. And, And it's not easy. And then he says, you take up your cross daily, and you follow me. You know, that's, that's hard, and, and that's not easy. And he makes it even clearer, and he goes on to verse 24. He says, and if you try to hang on to your life, you're going to lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but are yourself lost or destroyed. If anyone is ashamed of me and my message, the Son of Man will be ashamed of that person when he returns in his glory and in the glory of the Father and the holy angels. And I tell you the truth, some standing here right now will not die before they see the kingdom of God. And, and what he's saying is like following him is choosing, up, choosing to give up your own life because... If you try to save your life, you're going to lose it. But if you give up everything for my name's sake, you're going to gain it. See? And 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 here's the thing, you know, I when I read that, I keep thinking about my father. And when my father when he died of his heart attack, and it was just his hard time. And I remember my mom saying, "Can you take his glasses?" To the mortuary so we can put it in the casket because he needs his glasses. And I'm driving there and I'm thinking, when you die, you don't get to take anything. You don't even need your glasses. No. And I think that's what Jesus was talking about, that we can gain everything. But at the end, what, what can we take with us? You know, what, we, we can't take, not even our classes, we can't take anything with us. We can't take our most prized possession. We cannot. And what Jesus is saying is, what does it gain us? We work so hard, we do all these things to try to accumulate, to get all these things, but at the end of our lives, there's nothing. But he says, but if but if you would give up your life, for my sake, what you're going to get is going to last for all eternity. And the trouble for us is we don't know what eternity is, right? You know, we just don't. Eternity, to me, the closest thing to eternity is going to a UH graduation and waiting for them to call all of them names. That's rough. You know, you're like hours, you know. The next day, they're still on M. You know, is that crazy, right? There's so many of them. You know, and I wish they took, and I want to ask, you know, like, if, if you work at UH, where's Tammy? Tammy, ask them. You know, they did, do it the McKinley High School way. Everybody stand up. You don't got to call the name. We'll read them in the bulletin if we want. You know, how did I get there? Anyway, but, but following Jesus is giving up everything. That you don't hold nothing back. And you know, from Kyle Eidelman's book, you know, not a fan. He, he talked about this strange baptism practice that the, the Knights of Temp- Templar. What they did was, it was just a military group uh, headquartered in Jerusalem in the 11th uh, to the 13th century. And and what they would do is, when they would get baptized, you know, they would they would get baptized. What they would do is, they would be immersed in the water, but they would hold their sword and they would hold it above their head, right? So they go in the water, and their, their sword is still out of the water. And, and he says in the book, he said, it's, it's, it's like, there it's, it's their way of saying, you can have control of me, but you can't have this. Jesus, I'm all yours, but who I am and what I do on the battlefield, how I use this sword is not part of the deal, you know? And if you think about it, that practice... Uh, was if you know we did that today, what would we hold up right? out of the water and say, Jesus, you can have everything we can't have this. what would it be would it be our we hold up our wallet you know or would we hold up you know would we hold up our our laptop, our tablet, our phone, you know would we hold up you know like our family we hold them up puppies? Yeah, I think, no, we we can't hold up the puppies, right? What would we hold up? And in a very real sense, this is what Jesus wants. What he's saying is, when he's saying that that you got to choose his way and not your ways and everything, what what he's saying to us, so loud and clear is this, that, that he wants to, Jesus wants to be our one and only he wants to be our one and only. He doesn't want to be our one of many. And too often we make Jesus our one of many. And and I and I've said this. I said, you know, if you love that, that's okay. Just love Jesus more. And there's truth to that. But the problem is is that if I if I hang on to that and I Try to love Jesus more. It's really hard. But when I say, God, you know what? I'm going to let go of that. And I'm going to love you as my one and only. What he does is he begins to put things in person. He gets to put things into alignment. And he says, okay, Mark, you love me. Yeah, you might want to know. Okay, now, here, here's the thing. Here's your wife. Will you love her as Christ loves the church? You love your kids, all right, but you got to raise them up. You got to raise them up. What am I raising? them? Not so that they be with me for the rest of my life, but I got to raise them up to be arrows, to be shot out. And my job is to prepare them. And everything falls into perspective. An alignment. Because Jesus, he wants to be our one and only. And that's not easy. We can live with one of many. You know, but, but as sinful human beings, it's really hard. Because the many will just overwhelm the one. And Jesus wants to be our one and only. Second thing is that following Jesus is for now, not later. It's for now, not later. One of the most common reasons uh, that I hear for people, um, you know, for not following Jesus is that they want to get their lives together first. That they want to, you know, I'll follow Jesus, but I got to get my life together first. I will follow Jesus, but you know what? I got to raise my young kids first, you know, because God gave me these kids. I got to be responsible, so I'm going to love, and I'm going to raise my kids, and after I'm done, then I'm going to love Jesus with thank Thank God. and it sounds kind of noble. You know, it sounds kind of noble, wanting to wait until we get our lives together, but, but when Jesus invites us to follow him, his invitation comes um, to us right where we are. He doesn't want us to wait until tomorrow in hopes that we will finally be heading down the right road. He just calls us right where we are. In Luke chapter 9, verse 57, As they were walking along, someone said to Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. But Jesus replied, Foxes have dens to live, and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere, no place even to lay his head. He said to another person, come, follow me. And the man agreed. But he said, Lord, first, let me return home and bury my father. But Jesus told him, let the spiritually dead bury their own. Your duty is to go and preach about the kingdom of God. Another said, yes, Lord, I will follow you. But first, let me say goodbye to my family. But Jesus told him, anyone who puts a hand to the plow and then looks back is not fit. For the kingdom of God. And we look at that and go, wow, that's harsh. Right? That's harsh. That following Jesus is like, oh, that's hard. But, but but what he's saying is that when I call you, I call you right where you are. And and it's not like you get your act together first and you do whatever. Call you right now. And 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 it's like good intentions are not enough. Because the truth is, how many good things are left undone because we had good intentions? You know, so many things. You know, one of the things us Christians do, and as like, you know, someone says something is, oh, you know, I'll pray for you. I have good intentions. But I remember how many times I said, and I forget. And so now when someone says that, I just stop, and I just start praying right there. You know? And Max Fowler helped me with that. We were there one day, and, and someone said, oh, yeah, you know, pray for, I think it was Tammy said, pray for our friends. You know, they're going through a tough pregnancy. And there I was. like, oh, yeah, shoot, we'll pray. And then Max said, oh, we'll pray right now. And I said, Max, come. Don't you ever make me look bad again. Okay? There you go. Always making me look bad. You know? I do a good enough job myself looking bad. I don't need Max. <laughs> <Neither> <laughs> did that to you. Yeah no, you never did No but see but I need Max we need each other because like yeah we needed to pray right then and there so we prayed You know I said Max you think you're so good you prayed and so we, we prayed and we prayed and guess what we get good news the next day the next day we get good news Why why because I allowed Max to take the lead <laughs> yeah, You see, good intentions are not good enough. And so to the one who declared to Jesus, I'm going to follow you wherever you go, Jesus says, hey, you know what? The roads are not going to be easy. You know, I mean, it's just not going to. That, that, it's not going to be comfortable. You know, I don't even got a place to call home or rest. But you got to count the cost, buddy, is what he's saying. Yeah, to the one who asked if he could return home to bury his father first, I'm thinking, "Whoa, oh, Jesus, you're tough, man. You know, because that sounds so reasonable to me. But Jesus is telling him that following him supersedes everything, including family. And for a lot of us, man, that's where we draw the line. Say, Jesus, you can have everything, but not my family. And Jesus said, it's all or nothing. And, and the thing is this. I've been, I was thinking about that, thinking about that, and this is what I realized. I said, okay, his father has died, right? Why was he, maybe even out of curiosity, why was he following Jesus around? His father had already died. Why was he headed home already? Right? To bury his dad. Why did he only bring this up when Jesus said, hey, come on, let's go. And like, oh, you know what? I got to do these things first. If those things were so important, why wasn't he on his way already? You know? I don't think he just got a text that said, hey, father's dead. Come on, bury him. I don't think so. Right? But Jesus wants us to follow him. Now, even if it's not, especially when it's not convenient, right? And then to the one who asks to say goodbye to his family first, Jesus said, hey, tell you what, it's, it's like this. A person whose job it is to plow a field, you got to give it your complete attention that, that you've got to just watch what you're doing. And unless this man, he's saying... Unless you're willing to just keep at what and stay focused on what you are to do, it's just not going to work. And what he's saying to this man is following him has to be your first priority. Your first priority. And Jesus wanted them to know what they were signing up for. See? And we think that's really harsh. But the truth is, that's the loving thing to do. It's not, hey, come, it's all nice and easy when things get hard. They're not prepared for that. And he wanted them to know. And so, you know, Jesus wants us to know. And sometimes as a pastor, it's like, man, I don't want to make it really hard because if it's really hard, then, you know, everyone's going to dig out. But that's not the loving thing to do because because Jesus says, if you want to follow me, you got to take up your cross every day to follow me. That's how we live as a person who received the great news in John 3.16. Now we're going to live that out. And so the question then, as we go through this campaign and we come to the end, the question is, okay, so I know it's important. I know what Jesus wants, but why? Why follow Jesus? Why go through all that to follow Jesus? What's so God-awful important to follow Jesus? And I will just say to you, following Jesus really is the only way to live a life of purpose. For me, that's reason enough. And it's the only way that you're going to fulfill the reason why you were created. Like, why were you born like, like was this, it just happened and you're here just to muddle your way through life, and at the end of your life you die, you become worm food, and that's the end of that? No, there's a purpose for our lives. How do we know that? In Ephesians chapter 2 it says in verse 10, for we are God's masterpieces. We are God's masterpieces. He created us anew in Christ Jesus. Why? So we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. That we were all created for a purpose by God. That you were not an accident. You were not just one of many. God had a specific reason for you to be created when you were created. You're his masterpiece. And following Jesus is not easy, is not convenient, but it is the only way in which we can live a life of purpose. It's the only way we can fulfill why we we were born in the first place. Idleman referred to this guy, William Borden, in his book. And I remember reading a biography of him in seminary. You know, one of the things, if you know, um, I would recommend, is it's it's just so great to read the biographies of of great men and women um, and and see how, you know, what they did and how they lived their lives as followers of Christ. I mean, it's just amazing. But William Borden, um, he was born in the late 1800s. And you probably could describe him. Some people would just, he was, he could be described as a multimillionaire. He was the heir of a family fortune, a dairy company worth millions and millions, worth billions today, really. And um, he could be described as an Ivy League scholar, you know, uh, with his undergraduate degree at Yale, and then he went on uh, to get a degree at Princeton. But more than anything, but more than anything, William Borden Will ever be known as a follower of Jesus. After he graduated high school, he went to Yale, and God began to call him to reach out to lost people. To reach out to lost people who had never heard about Jesus, and so um, he he wrote home. He told his parents, "You know what? I am I am gonna I'm going to give my life to Jesus on a mission, you know, out in the mission field." And he left. His millions and followed the call of jesus and um, on that on that trip, he wrote two words in his Bible, and he wrote the words "No reserves, no reserves and and he knew that following Jesus uh, required a complete commitment, there was no plan B, um, it was stepping out no matter what the cost you know and he had enrolled in in Yale and God had prepared him beforehand. Uh, He started a Bible study there in his freshman year. And uh, before long, a lot of students joined, and it started a revival on that campus. Um, By the time he was a senior, about 1,000 students were part of one of these groups. And one entry he recorded in his journal during that time simply said, Say no to self, yes to Jesus every time. And then he began to work with the homeless in that area. And uh, he founded and, and, and he personally funded this Yale Hope Mission and um, in an effort to rehabilitate alcoholics and addicts. And, and during that time, his father died, um, leaving William with just this whole hunk of money, you know, significant um, family fortune. Um, but upon graduation uh, from Yale, Borden wrote two more words in the back of his Bible: "No retreats, no retreats." And he knew following Jesus meant now, not later. And and he knew that it was following Jesus was putting his hand to the plow and just focused, not looking back. And so he decided that he's going to go to to China. But before getting to China, um, he went to Egypt where he could learn the um, the language. The, the Arabic language, and he was preparing for his ministry to Muslims, right? So he's there in Egypt, and he, and he catches uh, spinal meningitis, and he died one month later at the age of 25. And you look at that, and some people would say, oh, man, William Borden, man, he didn't make a good trade. He gave up his family, his fortune, future career, to follow Jesus as a missionary, and he died before he even got to the mission field. That's rough. But, but this man sparked a revival at Yale, ministered through hundreds, you know, through his mission. And, and he has inspired literally thousands of missionaries to go out, you know, with his commitment. And after his death, there were these three phrases found inside his Bible. Three phrases were no reserves, no regrets. Uh, No retreats and no regrets. No reserves, no plan B, no nothing, no retreats. Just going to keep my hand to the plow and no regrets. And I read that and I thought, you know, is that the way you're living your life as a follower of Jesus? Are Are you living your life with no reserves, you know, no retreats and no regrets? You know, my 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 encouragement to you is: Let's begin to be people. Let's begin, or let's continue to be a church where all people know is this: no ret- no retreats, no reserves, no regrets. And my encouragement is: Start now. Don't wait. You know, and. And, and it's like when I was in Los Angeles and, and my daughter um, introduced me to Waze. You know, this GPS program gets you around where you want to go. And you put in your destination. It calculates how to get there, right? And the great thing about it, you know, like, like other programs, like a lot of other apps like that, is even if you skew off, right? Because it's easy in LA to miss your, your off-ramp. And you think, oh, no, I'm heading to Mexico. But... But, but it recalculates where you are, yeah? And then it kind of readjusts, and then you get to where you want to go. And that's the way it is with Jesus. You just start following him right where you are. You don't know what I done. You don't know what. It don't matter. Right now, you start following him. And, and, and right where you are, he'll just recalculate, and he'll head you in the right path. You know, as we come to the end of this campaign, hopefully, you know, for some of you in small groups, you've done your journal. And hopefully you're done. And if not, keep going. Keep going, you know. Um, I want to encourage you to make a decision to be here on Sundays. You know, Next Sunday is Mission Sunday. Where we're going to talk about going out, you know, and sharing the love of Jesus with people around, across the street and around the world. That's so important. And then after that, I want to encourage you to be here for our series, you know, uh, Who is the Holy Spirit? Because in order for us to follow Jesus, we need the Holy Spirit. Who's the Holy Spirit? And we're going to talk all about who the Holy Spirit is. I want to encourage you, come. The other thing is, is talk to your cell group, talk to your small group about, about part, you know, possibly continuing. You know That um, I'm going to start meeting with any small group leader who's, who's thinking of continuing. You don't gotta continue, but maybe that's what God wants you to do. Oh, but man, it's a lot of work. You know, just ask the Lord. You know, um, I would want you to consider um, gathering a few people, maybe one or two people at work, or your friends, or your family, or whatever it is. You know, and, 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 and go through what you went through through this series. Maybe it's like going through with, with them the journal. And you're thinking, man, I like the videos. I can give you links to where the videos are. But maybe the next step is to just grab a couple of your friends. And, you know, we have um, a few books left, and we have a few of the journals left. And you know what? If you want to go through that, um, see Tammy. Where's Tammy? Okay, see me afterwards. And come up. And we're just going to sell them like for five bucks, all right? Just five bucks. Just get them. And, you know, sometimes when you go and you lead and you teach or whatever and you lead a thing, you become, you learn the most. And so I want to encourage you to do that. And finally, just let's just keep spurring each other on to be followers be followers of jesus then let's not settle to just be fans you know? see I, I i said god you know there's a reason why you said for me to follow me start this church and 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 it started and it's like okay good what what i do now maybe i just retire or whatever and and I felt like God, you know, God's put on my heart. He didn't say, Mark, will you do? He nothing like that. But in my heart, you know, I have a vision. You know, I have a vision for our church to be reaching out into the community to blessing McKinley and, and doing all that. But but I had this vision in my heart that, that that we would be, that I would be in the midst of this service. And in this service that I see that our church, you know, is just creating this service. And there's just all young people. And I can be, I'm the oldest guy there. And I'm like a grandfather to all these people. And there's like people in their 20s. And they're just they're so excited uh, for Jesus. And then the music and everything else about the service. This kind of is just geared so that they can follow Jesus. And I am thinking, how great would that be? How great would that be? And I was thinking, I was talking to um, Jared Higashino. He's back, you know, he's, uh, he's on staff at Holo Holo DTS on on the Big Island, and he's saying that he's part of this organization called uh, Youth with a Mission. And he said, you know, for um, they have a school and they have a discipleship school where they take like young college age type people. And and he said that they have they have they have 20 students so far. And and he said it probably could go to 20 to 30 to whatever. How many? And I, I said, I can't remember you ever having that many. He said, yeah, no, this is the first time. And he said that YWAM is seeing an influx of, of students worldwide. That, 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 that young people all over the world are, are, are coming to YWAM to be trained up to be followers of Jesus. And Lauren Cunningham had a vision when he started YWAM. And he said he saw young people like waves, you know, uh, hitting every continent on 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 the planet, and waves of young people. And I said, God, I want to be a part of that. That that I want our church to be a part of that. That we're going to say, Hey, you know what? The music is really weird, but if this is going to help people follow Jesus, I'm in. You know, and. I don't want that to be the only thing we do but I feel like we've got to begin to move in that direction. We've got to be a church that will reach out to the next generations. We just have to. You know, that that I just feel like for me to follow Jesus, that's a big part of it. That if we are just nice and happy here and we say, you know, to the rest of the our city and our state, we just say to the rest of them go to hell, you know what? Can't be happy with that. That we've got to reach out. And my, I have such a burden for young people. I want Jordan and his guys just just coming here, and he said, "Hey, Grandpa Mark, how's it going?" And I'll say, "Hello, Sonny." You know, let's follow Jesus together. Amen. Yeah, we will. What you say, Jordan? Amen. You know. But but that's a dream that God's put on my heart. That's what God does when we follow him. God's put a dream. God's going to put a dream on your heart. And he says, you want it? Is that important to you? Come on, follow me. And we follow him. We're going to close with this song. And this is what I want you to do, okay? If, if. Throughout these last eight weeks or so, maybe you're here for the first time today. It don't matter, but if you say, "Yep," as best I can. In fact, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna try because we don't try, right, Max? We we do it, right? Yeah, trying is for powerless people, right? Right. We gotta we gotta do it. All right. Okay. So what we're gonna do is this. If you say, I'm going to follow Jesus, then I got some little wooden crosses up here, right? You just come up and grab one, like this, and it's like a reminder to you that every day you're going to pick up your cross, you're going to follow him, you know, that's what this is. I mean, you came to service today, and you go home with a souvenir, Woo! how's that, right? Free! Wow. You mean I get to take something out of the bowl and not just have to put something in the bowl today? That's right! Take one, all right? Why don't you stand with me? And let's pray. And say, oh God, I'm so happy I get to take something out of the bowl today. Woo. Well, let's pray, all right? And, and And let's not say this is the end of our campaign. Let's just say now we are commissioned to go and be followers, all right? So, Father, we just thank you. And for some of us here, maybe, you know, you come here week in, week out, and you've never, ever made a decision to follow Jesus, to to grab hold of the words in John 3.16, that God so loved you that he gave his son Jesus to die for you, that you would have eternal life. And if you've never done that, we're going to pray. And we're going to say, God, I accept you. I'm going to follow you. Alright? So let's just all pray. Father, today we make a decision that we're going to follow you. And for some of us, you know, we've been following you for years. Today we say, "Nope, we're going to follow you. You We're going to live a life of no reserves no retreats no regrets that we're going to take up our cross we're going to follow you and we're going to we're going to make you our one and only and we're going to trust that you're going to align our lives the way it needs to be aligned and jesus you know today i make a decision to accept this gift in my heart That I accept you as my Savior. That you came and died on that cross for me. That I would have eternal life. But more than that, I would have a future and a hope and a purpose and a destiny. And I choose to walk in that today. But today I choose you. I choose you today. Father, I pray that we would all walk as your followers. And today is the day. In Jesus' name.